0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app.
1: The big story we're following for you at this hour, Uber and Lyft. Approved to operate in Metro Vancouver by the Passenger Transportation Board. Took a long time. How much longer will it take for these services to get up and running? Well, Claire Trevena, the B.C. Transportation Minister, uh, held a news conference a short time ago. She was asked that question. Here's what she said.
0: Well, Uber and Lyft now have the go-ahead from the Passenger Transportation Board. So it's up to them to start working on getting their uh, insurance. ICBC is ready with the insurance product. It's up to them to get any, muni- any municipal business license they may need to operate. Um, so as quickly as they can go through these uh, steps, they'll be operating.
1: And uh, just wondering what are your thoughts about the fact that so far for the capital region here in Victoria and some rural areas that we haven't really seen
0: anything approved well the passenger transportation board still has more than 20 applications and those applications are from companies that want to operate right around BC I know believe there's something more than a dozen on the island alone so uh, I think that we will be seeing over the coming uh, days and weeks uh, more applications being approved for the rest of british columbia
1: okay as bc transportation minister claire trevenna let's check in with ian tostinson now the ceo of ride sharing now he's been lobbying and and uh, pleading for these services for a long time i suspect he's pretty happy today ian
2: it's like santa claus just came right and christmas is this is awesome no christmas one has to hit the refresh button yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a really uh this is a historic day in british columbia i must must say
1: okay what are you most happy about
2: Well, you know what, I guess, you know, let's have the kudos to the government. They did get it across the finish line. It took longer. But, uh, you know, certainly for, you know, Metro Vancouver initially, I think that people that um, have experienced ride-sharing, they get it. The people that haven't, um, they're going to be so surprised at the convenience of this, the certainty of this. Lifted a uh, study last year, Michael, that showed um, about a $33 million economic benefit to the city of Vancouver. Around uh, in, in increased uh, transportation uh, opportunities, so uh, this could be great for hospitality industry. Getting to your restaurant, getting home, people, you know, there's no reason for anybody to drink and drive or do cannabis. Uh, the employees of hospitality can get home, so it's going to be a real game changer. Um, it's going to take a little bit to get it smooth for sure, yeah. but um, the the applications and the implications of this are massive.
1: Okay, I wonder how confident you are that the service will be as convenient as as you hope it will be. I, I take your point that for anyone who's used these services in other cities, and I've used them in several other cities, it works great. I mean, it, it's pretty cool to just click your uh, an app on your smartphone and your ride shows up in five minutes. That's pretty awesome. But I wonder if that's the level of service we will receive in Vancouver, because the company, at least Uber, is already warning that there could be delays here because there's a shortage of drivers.
2: Yeah, so that's the that's whole issue of Class 4. Yeah. Um, I think what will happen now is that people get excited. I just talked to my, my son. He said, I'm going to head out and get my Class 4. This is actually happening. So, hopefully, we can populate the drivers more. I wish it wasn't Class 4, but it is what it is. That's probably not going to change for a while. I think the bigger issue is how fast the municipalities can move to embrace this uh, and I think by and large most of them will. I think there's going to be some interesting stories to come with Surrey, uh, the mayor versus uh, the yeah. people live in Surrey and maybe Burnaby. But apart from that, um, I just got a note from one of the companies that felt they could get up and running within a couple of days in Vancouver because uh, the Vancouver licensing guys uh, over at City Hall are ready to go. So it's going to be choppy, but I think that's I'm predicting it'll be a little smooth. I think the, the, the pressure points of of service. Um, put it this way. I don't think that I'm pretty certain that Uber and Lyft won't operate their brand if they don't feel that they can deliver a, on a service. And that's why you're you're not seeing anything in Metro Victoria right now because of lack of drivers. But I think they feel confident to launch in the, in Metro Vancouver and have enough uh, drivers to be able to handle you know that on demand. I want I want a ride now. Uh, uh, opportunity.
1: Speaking to Ian Tostenson, ride sharing now, Uber and Lyft approved to operate in Metro Vancouver. I, I would think that I bet you Uber will be rolling by next week in Vancouver and you'll be able to summon a, an Uber car on your smartphone. I'm not sure how long it'll take to get your ride because I think there will be some growing pains and shortages here at the beginning, but it looks like. Uh, they'll be up and operating next week. We've put out a call to the Vancouver Taxi Association to see if they can come on the show today, and we're hoping they do. What do you say to the taxi companies that fought tooth and nail to keep these services out of Van- Metro Vancouver, Ian?
2: Well, they, they did. If you, What's really interesting is how much depth, and you can see why it took so long, the Passenger Transportation Board uh, took to review these applications, and they dealt with market impact. And it's interesting, every one of these applications were vehemently opposed by none other than the tax industry. So um, what I say to the tax industry is get competitive. Um, do what you do is right. Um, you know, treat the customers the way they're going to be treated with Lyft and Uber and be competitive. I mean, they still have a, a, a they have a very large, they have 100% of the market share right now. It's theirs to lose. So um, be proud, be bold, and be assertive, and don't sit around and stop complaining about this equal playing field and stuff. The, the bus is left. Let's get on the program here, because we want to see a a healthy taxi industry, because a lot of people won't won't do ride sharing, and they they will rely on the taxi industry. So, you know, come on, guys, just get in the game here. They've had eight years to do it, now it's time.
1: But will the taxi companies be able to effectively compete against Uber and Lyft, because if, if the Vancouver Taxi Association was here right now, they would say it's not a level playing field, that... Uber and Lyft are not going to have any maximum caps on their fleet size. They'll have a, no limit on the number of vehicles they can put on the street. The taxi companies have a very strict limit on the number of vehicles yep. they can put out there. The, the Uber and Lyft will have no operational boundaries. They'll be able to go anywhere in Metro Vancouver. The taxi companies can't cross municipal boundaries. How are they supposed to compete?
2: Yeah, I think what's going to happen, Michael, is you're going to see um, ride-sharing services will come into play when we really need it the most, when it's like concerts and big events and where there's absolutely so much demand because the drivers just won't be there. If there's no demand. You're not going to see any Lyft or Uber drivers uh, on the app. They don't just drive around looking for business. They, they go hunting when the hunting is good. And so when it's not, then we rely on our tax industry, which is more of the structural yeah. side of moving right. people. So I think there's enough business to go around here. Um, what we're seeing now is, is a whole bunch of new business of people that uh, you know, ditch your cars and and take ride sharing and otherwise didn't do it before because they couldn't have the confidence to uh, to drive to get a ride. Um, but also um, you know, people sharing rides and people coming out that weren't. So it's going to increase the supply of people actually on the streets. And I think there's going to be enough business for everybody to okay. succeed. I'm hoping there is. I'd, you know, I'm not one person that wants to see the tax industry hurt. But I yeah. also want to hear the tax industry. I know they talk about, we can't do this, we can't do that. But if you talk to the BC Taxi Association, they have an entirely different view than the Vancouver Taxi Association. So they really need to sort of get all the ducks in a row and and be uh, and bold competitors yeah. to a changing landscape.
1: How big do you think this will be for business? I mean, in addition to doing the ride-sharing stuff, you're also the head of the Restaurant Association here in BC. Yeah. I've spoken to restaurant owners uh you've certainly spoken to a lot more of them than i have but i've heard stories from you know like a guy who owns a, a restaurant in downtown vancouver they have out-of-town visitors and tourists and the guy standing there at the front of the restaurant madly clicking the uber app on his phone trying to get an uber ride and then he has to break the news to the person oh we don't have it here and people are just <laughs> some of the tourists are just astonished how big do you think this will be for like let's say the restaurant business
2: yeah, big, uh, uh, you know, world-class food service, everything else going home. By the way, we can't, you know, we can't get a ride here. So uh, it's going to be a really significant from tourism point of view. It's going to be significant from employees' point of view, being able to get them, you know, if, as you know, we talked about the labor challenges that the, in, our whole economy has. But being able to get employees uh, to and from their homes uh, a lot easier is going to be, uh, will be fantastic. It gets stranded half the time right now, especially on weekends. Um, and, it, you know, the, the, so I know that um, during Christmas, there is we did a straw poll. There were probably in excess of 250 reservations of various sizes that were canceled uh, between Christmas and New Year's because uh, there's no ride sharing. And people had yeah. the expectation that there was, mm-hmm. and they said, not forget it because we're going to get stranded. So you're going to see an increase in business for sure. And, um, and that'll be good for our industry. It's also going to have an impact, I think, on. The the um, um, this tremendous growth we've seen in home delivery of food, I think this is going to curb it a little bit because now you know you can get to your restaurant and get home to, uh, from that restaurant versus well I can't I'm not confident in that so I'm just going to stay home and order my food so I think it's going to change a lot of dynamics.
1: Ian, thank you for coming on the show today.
2: Pleasure, Michael.
1: Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's Christmas okay, in January. Buddy. Ian Tostenson, ride sharing now.